Welcome to another episode of Audience First. Today I'm doing something special because, well, it's my birthday weekend, and I wanted to celebrate and gift you with a nice little package of the best of the worst. What does that mean? Well, every episode I ask my guest one critical question. What's the worst thing you've experienced from a vendor? And just for you, voila, I've compiled a nice little shit list. What's more, I always ask my guest, what's the alternative? Because what does it help us to hear complaints without learning how to do things better? So do me a favor, have a listen. And if you want to spoil me for my birthday, apply those insights. I hope you find this episode valuable. Now let's get to it. Welcome to Audience First, a podcast for tech marketers looking to break out of the echo chamber to better understand their audience and turn them into loyal customers. Every week, Danny Wolf has brutally honest conversations with busy tech buyers about what really motivates them, the things they hate that vendors do, and what you can do about it. Get access to practical information on how to build authentic relationships with your audience. Listen to and talk with your buyers and apply real customer insights to your strategies and tactics. You owe it to the world to unmute your mic. Are you ready? All right, here's what Chris Roberts had to say. I think it's it's the, the biggest, probably the biggest failure of anybody approaching is not knowing your audience. So coming in and spouting quantum and AI and ML um, and, and not being able to back it up. You got handed the sheet. This is the text I have to say, hello, I am Chris. I am selling you a machine learning language system that is able to do AI. It will take care of you. It will protect you. It is 100% hacker proof. Okay, uh, and, and and again, back to that. You know, eight times out of ten, you're going to get slapped with that. One time, you get the deal because you met the the poor and poor unfortunate person that wasn't us. Um, when you start asking, okay, so let, let's talk about your AI. Uh, okay, like go get your tech engineer, get him to talk about AI, and you can't explain it. And you, it's 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 this magic box, you know this this ethereal magic box that just does stuff. No, that's not how computers work. You know, it's it's that inability to actually come up there and say, yeah, you know, I actually, I kind of know what's going on with this. And by the way, even if I don't know, if even if I don't know, let me go get the geeks who really understand it because it sounds like you, you, you kind of got your knowledge. And hey, I'd love to have the conversation. I'd love to be the fly on the wall when you talk with them. Um, that That is... It's it's that uh, and oh actually no you know what screw that sorry bugger this for a game of soldiers this is the one that I I I I want to reach through the computer and I just want to grasp you and I'm going to hold you by the throat and I'm going to get a wet haddock and I'm just going to smack you backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards with this fucking wet haddock the one that I hate is when I get used as a stepping stone. Oh, hey, would love to connect. Could you? Uh, I, I'm trying to get to the CISO. Oof. Yeah, that. Oh, you just or if you can't get anywhere with me in the first, you can't get hold of me in the first date. You're going to go for my sister or my brother. <laughs> yeah. OK, I love being a stepping stone. Uh, do you want me to lay in the puddle face down or face up so you can actually get me in the nuts as well at the same time? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I, I've, I have some examples of, of, of being used as a stepping stone, both on, on email and also in real life. That's where the real life ones, especially when what? somebody's... Yeah, know, what does that sound like? Oh, that, that, the, the real life ones are worse because I've, I've, I've often been the one that's called BS and then they managed mm. to get hold of somebody further up the food chain and they've taken them out. They've invited them for a golfing evening and then all of a sudden it filters down from the food chain that, yes, we're going to use it. So I'm like, you assholes, I will have my revenge. Mm, I'm fine going for the soldiers and lieutenants, but treat them with respect. Don't yeah. use them as a stepping stone. Don't yeah. use them. Actually empower them. Hey, mm. I know that your job is crazy, it's long, it's hellish, which is why, by the way, I brought donuts and coffee for you um, and the gluten-free donuts because I know that you're gluten-free because I watched your posts. Um, and by the way, hey, how can I not, – not how can I help you? Look, you, we're all working like idiots. We've all got some stuff going on. We're all on call 24 by 7 by 365. Let's see if I can do something to help. And by the way, I know that you're going to have to take this to leadership. So – Here's the conversation for you. And I'm going to, here's the prep for you to have the conversation with leadership. That's mm -hmm. fine. And I'm okay with that. But the other thing is even before that, it's that qualification thing. It's, it's sitting down and, and actually going, Hey, I actually can't help you, but I know somebody who can. Hey, let me put you in touch with, um, yeah, Georgina over there. She's actually fantastic. She looks, she works for those guys. Do me, I'm going to just get you connected, go have a conversation with her. And not yeah. taking anything off the back of it. Yeah. You recommend because it's the right thing to do, not because they're going to line your pockets. Good stuff, right? Wait till you hear what Evan Franson told me. Okay, I'll give you one thing, not one vendor, one instance. Uh, but over the years, I've probably, you know, hundred, a few hundred incident responses. You know, and I'm always the guy in the background, right? Most people don't know I was the guy in the target special litigation committee. And I was the guy, you know, there's a lot of weird things that I do. And the one thing I hear over and over and over again, and it's very, very common is I thought we, we I thought we were protected against that. Uh, which is, it's heartbreaking to hear that, you know, when you really understand what that means, what that means is they had a false sense of security. They thought that they had something and they didn't. And I think, you know, from my own experience, it's better to have no security than it is to have a false sense of security because at least when I have no security, I know I have no security. When I have a false sense of security, I'm lying to myself. I think, you know, I'm covered on this. Uh, and that happens for a couple of reasons. I think, you know, vendors sell people things under false premise, right? This can protect you from whatever. And it can't, right? So it's just... It's just not capable of doing that. And there's no accountability for that. You know, the FTC here in the United States is supposed to hold you accountable for false advertising, but they don't uh, when it comes to cybersecurity. So you're kind of left on your own to do that vetting yourself. Uh, so one is it, it's, not, it's not capable of doing what you said it can do. And the other is, which is more common, is yeah, it, it can do that, but you have to configure it correctly, and nobody told you how to do that. Nobody told you that you had to click this or click that or change this, change that. And so the vendor sold it and then moved on, right? They got the sale and they moved on because they're incented that way, right? It's, it's uh, you know, they got their quota and, you know, 
If you can't figure out how to use it, that's your problem, not mine. And that's yeah. the mentality. And we're on the other side of that, right? So we get the, you know, we get so many incident response calls and the most, it's top five for sure, most common comments in that incident response is I thought we were protecting about it, you know, from that. The other one we get really, really often is, um, <laughs> believe it or not, what's that system? I, I, I don't even know what that system is. You know, the system was compromised. I didn't even know it was there. Let's go back to the first, the over-promise, under-deliver. What would the alternative look like, the good enough look like for you, where you would say, okay, all right, I got you. Let's go through this and continue successfully, yeah. keyword. Yeah, so it would have to be something. So I have a problem, and you need to demonstrate to me as the vendor how you solve my problem. You need to do so transparently, right? I don't want magic and mirrors. I had one vendor tell me, in Ryan and, and, and Chris and I laugh about this all the time because I was invited to, to help vet a vendor. And the guy said, uh, you know, he's telling about his product and blah, 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 blah. And in the middle of all this stuff about how he's touting his product, he said something that I don't think anybody else caught, but I, you know, I did. He said, invisible processes. And so I let him finish this, you know, talking. And then I was like, all right, hold up, man. I, it sounds like a great product. I mean, wow, that's badass. Tell me about these invisible processes. How, do, how does that work? And he uh, obviously didn't have an answer because that's not a thing. And, uh, and so I was like, you know, I was, I was called here. And I don't know if I was supposed to be like politically correct with you or anything, but you're full of shit. There's no invisible processes. That, that's not a thing. Explain to me how your product works. Explain to me how it will solve the problem that I have. And then help me partner with me. Help me implement it and use it effectively. So those would be the things that I'd be looking for in a partner. You know, don't give me any, any of the marketing hype. I don't need any more damn buzzwords. I mean, shit, people don't understand the buzzwords you're using today. So why would you keep using them? Well, and the reason why I keep using them is because it sounds sophisticated and, you know, we can be non-transparent and sell people more stuff. And that's the point. But, uh, you know, for me, on, on, on my perspective and people that I represent, it's here's my problem. Solve my problem. Tell me how you're going to solve my problem and be transparent. And, and God help you if you lie to me. No excuse for that. Zero. I always tell my guests that I do want to have a little bit of fun, and this is where we're going to be curating a long, wonderful shit list. So here's what Chris Elliott told me. I had a bar that worked for me directly. He, they provided me uh, people and software and hardware. Uh, they proposed a new uh, best-in-breed uh, tool. I said I couldn't define the business case. I needed a tool. I couldn't define the problem. I needed a tool, and I really was so short staffed, I couldn't maintain or bring another tool on. So I told him it wasn't the right time. I appreciate it, but thanks. Uh, they proceeded to go to my boss and convince him he needed this tool to the point where um, he called me and asking me for numbers. How many, how many endpoints do we have? How many servers do we have? How many VPCs are we in? And I realized when through his asking, what he was doing was he's asking me so he could buy this tool. 
And I said, you know, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you know, so-and-so says we need this tool. It's a great tool. And I'm looking into getting it. I'm like, no, I don't want the tool. I can't use a tool. It will be no need. And I, and you know, and I said, I told them no. And so I immediately called the vendor up and I said, what are you doing? Well, we thought that, you know, uh, maybe you were just too in the weeds and you didn't, you couldn't see the bigger picture. So we decided to ask your director what he thought. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I called the director back and I just said, no, I don't want this tool and I refuse to take it. And, uh, you know, if you're going to take the MSSP's view over money, you say, absolutely not. Um, it probably killed my relationship with that, that vendor. Cause I haven't done business with a vendor since and nor have I received the real fun cold call from them, um, that we all love. So I'm pretty sure I'm on that vendor shit list, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's fine with me. Uh, I never have to deal with that vendor and I never have to deal with vendors going behind my back. In your opinion, what would be the alternative approach? Um, you know, so the relationship of vendors is, is vital. And I think this is where the vendors miss it. Um, I can't go brief the board that the reason I bought the product is because I had a great lunch, whiskey and cigars. And, you know, I know that the, the vendors love to do that. And, and I mean, we, as in we love it, but that's not the reason I would buy your tool. It's a relationship. You're supplying a tool that fixes a problem for me. Um, I'm buying your tool, which as a salesperson is helping you meet your quota. And this relationship will only work if the tool works for me and I continue to need the tool. So you need to take a look at my business and see what does your business need? How can I help you? How can I apply this tool to your business? And, you know, how can we support this tool? I, some of my worst relationship with vendors have been, they sold me a tool and don't call me back until the end of each quarter when they want to sell me more of their tool. Not asking me, how are you doing? What's going on with our tool? But could you, do you want more? Um, I have a big, a big vendor now that, um, has sold me a ton of stuff. And every time I say, Hey, I don't think your tools working the way he thinks it is. They're like, well, you should buy this watch. And I'm like, well, but I, what I own is not working. Why would I continue to buy something that, you know, from you? Um, and it's, you know, it, it's those hard conversations that you have yeah. to have. Okay. This was one of the most candid conversations I've had. Listen to what Malia Mason says. Oh, I think I said it at the beginning, but, um, I have had this multiple times where a vendor will contact me and say, Hey, I love what you're doing with diversity, equity, inclusion. I'm also supportive of diversity, equity, inclusion. Let me sell you this tool that I'm trying to try to advertise here. Oh no, that is a surefire way to get on my permanent block. I will blast you. I'll put, I've put these vendors on blast and I'm like, how dare you use diversity, equity, inclusion? to sell your tool to me. No, do not ever, ever, ever mix those two. It's great to sponsor a women's event or maybe a blacks and cyber event or something like that on behalf of your tool and just say, hey, our company cares, blah, blah, blah. Fine. Do not reach out to somebody and be like, hey, I care about pride. Check out this tool that has nothing to do with pride. Yeah. No, do not ever, 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 ever do that you'll get roasted. Same with the conflict. Like I was waiting with the, with the Russian Ukraine conflict. I was like, I was waiting any vendor that came out and, you know, tried to say anything about the Ukrainian conflict and trying to sell their tool. I was like, Nope, they are immediately going on my do not ever, uh, you know, talk to list. Do not use human suffering in order to sell your tool. 
Holy cow. No, you were on my shit list forever. Yep. This is why I like the shit list. Good stories. <laughs> this is why it's the most fun part of the the podcast. Um, okay, so so then what's the what's the alternative for for people trying to to engage with you? That's always the challenge. Um so during COVID, I know everyone was just so flustered and just frustrated and overworked. And I have a lot of friends who work in marketing and sales at various tech firms. And, you know, having been a founder of a company and tried to do the sales thing, spoiler alert, I'm not good at it. I feel like a weird, creepy, stalkery ex-girlfriend when I do it. So props to all of you who sell things. This awkward nerd cannot do it. Um, I really feel for y'all because uh, I saw a lot of posts from my fellow cybersecurity p folks in, in the industry who were saying like, oh, I'm too busy. Don't reach out to me, blah, blah, blah. That's not the solution. Um, you're just being rude. And I, I think a good way is demonstrate your product. You know, show us how is this going to help us, um, you know, make our lives easier. I just saw a demo for a product the other day that I was so impressed with. It was a two-minute video, and it was the the I think it was like the co-founder was walking through and actually did a live demo, showed the code behind it, showed how easy it is to integrate it, and then showed different challenges that can be overcome. So it got basically in two minutes. I knew what the product did. I knew who the who the company was. I knew what it could integrate with, what problem it was trying to solve. Um, and I knew that, you know, it overcame some challenges that I was already predicting. I was like, wow, this was one of the greatest demo slash pitches I saw. It was only two minutes. That's all the time I have for. And I just happened to see this person posted it on LinkedIn. Didn't reach out to me, didn't reach out to anybody. was just like, put it out there. Here you go. Um, and one of my buddies commented on it. That's how I saw it. And I was like, wow, I already sent that to, you know, my, my new boss, uh, the CISO. And I was like, we should take a look at this product. I was very impressed with this demo. He's like, this is great. Yeah. Let's, let's take a look at this. Hey, I've also been talking about these other products. Um, so that's more like get more demos where it's to the point it's short and, you know, have the engineers talk to engineers. I think that's a big one is when when you have marketers and like I would I would recommend to anybody in, in marketing and sales is maybe study up on security plus, you know, getting just a little bit of security knowledge and being able to speak our language. man, will that open doors to you more than anything else, because if you start to talk to me about like, um, we'll say like asset discovery and then I ask you a question about container scanning and then you're like like tough work daters hey i you're gonna lose me i'm just be like you are not speaking my language you don't understand my problem uh i'm not talking about no tupperware come on i think that would be extremely helpful and some of my friends who have gone and, and gotten their security plus and they're still in sales like they were, they were like, this is amazing. All of a sudden, I'm way more successful. It's like, yes, we need to speak to nerdy engineers. We are awkward. We speak engineer speak. If you can, if you can speak to us, you might just get us. So yeah. that would be one thing I would say for y'all is do a little bit of studying, listen to, attend some talks, listen to what we're, what we're talking about. And uh, that could be a way you can social engineer your way 
into our nerdiness. How cool are these insights? I mean, I've got loads more. So listen to what Ryan Cloutier told me. Um, telling me it was all my fault and if I didn't like it, then too bad for me. So terrible oh. customer service, not, not working with me on the problem. Their, their product had a defect. I had discovered the defect. Uh, they basically said it was our shit implementation of their product. I challenged that if your product's that shitty to implement, that's still your problem. Uh, and oh they basically gosh. told me, like it, don't like it. Because at that time, I wasn't big enough. I, I wasn't a big enough customer. So they just treated me like shit and told me to deal with it. So what, what would be the better alternative approach from the vendor to you? Work with me to understand the problem. Yeah. Take mm -hmm. time to, to, you know, let's not blame you. Let's not blame me. Let's just work the problem. Yeah. That would have gone over a lot better. I loved this next episode that you're going to be listening to. I still, to this day, listen to it regularly. Take a listen to what Joseph Carson has to say. I mean, it comes into some of the poor email, you know, messages that, uh, and the terms of words that they use uh, in, in those messages, like where they start, they, they send one email and, and you know, the end up might be a series of five or six emails that you get. And it really, this really starts to frustrate, you know, frustrate me because they start actually turning on you in the email threads. So the first thing is, can I get 10 minutes of your time? Um, cause I've got something of value to provide. I won't explain how we're providing this, you know, artificially intelligence, machine learning, zero trust, like, you know, solution. And so without providing any, any, just any context or any problem being solved, they're just selling, they're selling technology and not solving a problem. And then very quickly, if you don't respond within a day or two, all of a sudden they start saying, okay, was it, I, I guess, uh, was it, uh, you, you're, they start saying, you know, you're too busy or you, they're like start blaming you uh, for not giving you, them your time. And that really is, gets frustrating because they start becoming nasty in the communication to you uh, to try and make you feel bad. Um, and I think that's definitely, I mean, this is, it's going back into that when I, one thing that I mentioned earlier about this whole thing that the one thing I hate in our industry is bullying and fear and putting other people down and using that in your kind of marketing tactics is, you know, that, that what you're doing is you're doing you know, psychology, you're using fear and you're making people feel bad so that they can contact you to get 10 minutes of your time. That is for me is the worst tactics ever. Um, and it really, it, it, it angers me <laughs> that we mm -hmm. use those techniques. Um, cause ultimately it's, it's, it's my time, which is valuable, uh, mm -hmm. and to try and make me feel, feel bad by not giving a person who hasn't pulled any trust up at any time is the wrong thing to do. And there's, there's, I mean, there's some large vendors who take that tactics. Um, and, uh, I think that they, they should really look at hard look at themselves. Um. I think it'd be good to start report, having a way of reporting it. Uh, uh, not so much, you know, one is reporting it back to the vendors to say, you know, like we do with uh, vulnerabilities, here's your marketing tactics. Is this something you're comfortable with doing? Maybe there's this disconnect between the management team and those who are doing the campaigns. Maybe there's no communication there. Uh, maybe people's left to do their own types of messages. Uh, for me, it's important to have, you know, 
people like Chris in our lives who, who he was always direct and honest and others and Alan and, and uh, everyone I worked with, uh, and his peers, that's important for them to have a channel, um, to, to provide that direct feedback, um, and Ooh. be able to, to give organizations the ability to look at that and say, is that something that we we're comfortable with or not? And change the direction, change the course and, and, and come up with something that's much more, uh, less Meaningful. fun, less fear and more value. Uh, because yeah. we need, we need to be, we need security industry to have a image change that we are here to solve problems. We're not here to scare you into buying something that ultimately you may never use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to separate ourselves from, from the likes of, you know, the, the insurance industry and, and the financial side of things where they always fear you into, to getting something that is overpriced and over, over kind of, uh, values. And we have, uh, to change the security industry being more value driven mm-hmm. or, uh, kind of business focused and people focused than it mm-hmm. is, uh, on the other side. And that's where, you know, mm-hmm. that's where the buzzword bingo comes in. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a fun game. Um, it's, it's always interesting what you see. And, and then of course, yeah, when there's a new buzzword comes out and I'm still waiting for this year one, I think it's, uh, this year one's probably cyber war. Um, it's going to be the, the, the kind of main one that we'll see. Um, we're definitely in the information war today, uh, cyber wars, bit of a stretch, but, uh, mm-hmm. we're definitely in the information war, but you'll see companies using cyber war tactics. All right. This next guest, John Gates, I can't believe security practitioners go through this problem. I mean, I'm floored. Have a listen. The worst uh, scenario that we got into is we spent 1.7 million on a student information system. We were in routes. I spent a year of development time because we came from a mainframe system and we were converting that into a Windows-based student system. We got almost eight months in. We found out from this vendor, they didn't have a student scheduler at the time. They claimed they did when we bought it, right? But there was no student scheduler. Well, without a student scheduler, you can't schedule students into courses and do things. You basically don't have a system. So we we lost a bit of money, a lot of time, and ended up having to, you know, cancel that contract, which really doesn't normally happen in that realm, but it did. And we went with a completely different um, student information system vendor, but a lot of time lost, a lot of bad blood with that one. Yeah. That company's not in business anymore. Imagine that. (laughs) Okay. This next issue that Brent Detterding has experienced, well, I actually can believe that has happened. You may too. Hear what he has to say. I've I've had the opportunity to see a lot of people present a lot of security solutions, right? And uh, it wasn't unethical or anything, but it was just, when an SE is in way, way over their head and they just get demolished, it is not pretty. Like it, it's, it, it, it's just like, it's kind of like a job interview gone bad. I've done hundreds of interviews, right? And when someone just face plants, it's, it's just ugly. And so if, um, you couple an SE kind of face planting a little bit with a prospect who has something wrong with their life and they want to punish people and uh and it it is ugly now i have been able to um i have been able to intervene and step into some of those kind of situations because um 
able and willing to uh, to go toe to toe with a whole lot of people. But it's uh, that can be pretty ugly. I don't know that that's a great answer for you, but that's no. I, I I love that experience. I want you to share some of the frustrations or or flops or face plants well, you've I, seen. I, so. I can I can tell you one I heard about. Yeah, this was not my organization, but uh, I heard about a uh, a regional director for a sales a sales team who uh, who passed out drunk at a client meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and then later got thrown off the plane for, off the plane going home for being cool. belligerent. So, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. That's pretty bad. Yeah. All right. The last guest of the day, Alan Alford. I'm actually surprised you made it this far. Can you take the heat? Here's what Alan has to say on what he hates that vendors do. Uh, Sending me a calendar invite as if we've already discussed and talked. The blind calendar invites. Single quickest way to piss me off and blacklist you forever. Just what? get a calendar invite and you accept it because you think like, you know, what is the calendar invite, right? And then you realize as your day is coming up and you're like, what is this thing this afternoon? I've never heard of these people. Who are these? And what I always do is keep the meeting but not show up just to make sure I waste their time just like they wasted mine. Oh, no. What's the alternative approach to, to really getting in your calendar? For me personally, I got an article I post on LinkedIn every year. Uh, literally once a year, I repost it. And I've got, I've got vendors that are always like, isn't it time for the annual repost yet? And for me personally, I say, don't try to cold call me at work. Don't try to definitely don't cold call my cell phone. That'll piss me off too. Um, don't email me. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Hit me up on LinkedIn with a, with a very short and sweet pitch that indicates that you've got in some way, shape, or form a notion of what the heck I'm up to. In other words, uh, bullet number one, hey, you were just on this podcast and you were talking about needing a sassy solution, which, by the way, don't because I already got mine, but we're cool. Um, you know, you needed a sassy solution and, and hey, we happen to do that. So that's bullet number two. Here's who we are and what we do. Bullet number three, why you should choose us over the competitors, right? Like, hey, saw you were talking about sassy. We do sassy. We do sassy specifically for small businesses like yours. And the reason you should choose us is uh, whatever, you know, Fortune 100 uses us. There was a Gartner thingy. There was a, there's going to be some explanation for why you're the one I should look at, right? You, yeah. You've got something in your, I don't care who you are. You've got some positive story about why me versus the competitor. But again, you're already acknowledging the competitor right there in that very first moment. Pick us because we're the cool one. And here's what I mean when I say we're the cool one. And mm. then the last piece, bullet number four is don't, don't stalk me. That's it. If I don't respond, respect the fact that I didn't respond. Maybe I'm not interested in sassy at all at the moment. Maybe I already picked my player. Uh, maybe I got super busy. Uh, maybe I'm going to have someone else circle up with you in three months, whatever, but don't stalk me. Um, and that's, that's, that's my simple method. That's it. Four bullets, some idea that, you know, who, who, and what I am, what you do, why you're the one I should pick of what you do and don't stalk me. That's it. 